and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty and this evening we are focusing on Camogie and a little bit of everything else. I'm delighted to be joined by Dublin Camogie manager Frank Brown. Welcome to the show, Frank. Hi, Denise. Great to be here. Just there in your introduction, here we're going to focus on Camogie. I don't know when we've ever had a chat where we just stuck to one subject. I think we've had a premiership. Ireland, darts, snooker, ladies football, I think it all comes into, that's just because we love sport, isn't it? We love, we love the competition of sport. Yeah, and we never have uh, short chats neither, Frank. They're no. quite long ones. Listen, um, before we do start talking about yes. uh, the weekend's games and everything mm-hmm. uh, sport, mm-hmm. we as sports girls want to extend our sympathies to the family and friends of Kernacon manager Jimmy Corbett. Jimmy founded the famed Mio Club back in 1986. And since then, they've won an amazing six All-Ireland Senior Club titles, yeah. among other numerous titles. Um, Frank, you knew Jimmy and what he put into that club. Yeah, knew Jimmy, knew Jimmy well. And, you know, it's just at the end of the day, though, you know what? He was a loving father and a loving husband. And that's the greatest loss. You know, yes, he's a huge loss to Mayo Sport, to Carnacan, but he's an even greater loss to his daughter, Marie, who I know particularly well through her association. But all of the family, they're steeped in GEA, they're steeped in football, they're steeped in all that. And Jimmy was just, he was a true, sometimes we, we, we describe people as a gentleman, but Jimmy was a gentle man. He was a gentle, kind soul. You know what? He loved the sport. He loved Carnacan. He loved winning. But, you know, the biggest loss of all is to his wife and family and our deepest sympathy, you know. Um, there's tough, tough times ahead. And as I say, Jimmy was an absolute legend, you know. He, he produced so many great players. His own daughter, Marie, Claire Egan, Fiona McHale, Marta Carter, Cordra Staunton. The list just goes on. That, yeah. The list goes on. But he loved, you know, we said that the savage loved his native shore. And Jimmy loved Carnacan, you know. And he's just a terrible loss to his family, doesn't he? When he set up the club, did he ever think that they were going to be as successful? I don't know. Do we ever think that? Do any of us think that? You know, we start off on we start off on this journey, and suddenly the journey takes its legs, and away it goes. And I think, you know, I think Jimmy probably, you know, them them years ago, twenty five years ago, whatever it is now, saw there's a need for a club here for females within the parish of kind of Carnacan and Kilawalla and Ballantubber to be able to play football. And he saw, I don't think he probably did. He thought. He saw this, this is a service that he needed to give to his community, which is what motivates all of us, and he, he done as best he could. And suddenly, he got a group of players who were extremely talented, extremely motivated, you know, with a huge desire to win, and he moulded them into, I think, six All-Ireland Club champions, you know, I mean, many 22 or 23 and Mayo championships in a row, just unbelievable stuff, really. But underneath it all, he was still a humble man. He had that. Sometimes, you know, Denise, we talk about it all the time, the great sports stars. They all have that humility. They all had that humbleness. And Jimmy, God rest him, had it in bookerfuls. So today, it was a busy day in Crow Park and you mm. were at it. I suppose you're delighted with the Mayo results. But a great thing yeah. as well today was having the Camogie final there. Uh, look, it's great for the exposure of sport. I think it's something that in fairness to LGFA and to, to Jackie Cal and Helen O'Rourke and all the people in the LGFA, and Little indeed, they have really, really pushed on with the level of exposure for, for ladies football, you know. And thanks to yourselves and all, all the media outlets out there, it really is getting a lot of the fastest growing sport in Europe. I think maybe Camogie's lagging behind that in a little bit, and it's time for them to stop. But having, having that national exposure, being in, being in Croke Park, in the big house today, playing your league final is only good for the game, you know. And we're seeing so many more double headers. We're seeing so many more Camogie and Harlem matches on. So many more ladies football and football matches on. It's the way forward for Denise. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But I think also, I think one of the really important things happened kind of behind the scenes where at this year's GEA Congress we voted that Camogie and LGFA would have a place on the management committee yeah. as well. So that's really important. It's the way forward for us. We're all under, you know, we all love her. We all love her Gaelic games. And it's the only way I see forward for it. But, you know, small rural clubs. We have them in Mayo, we have them in Lanford, we have them all over the country that are struggling for numbers, struggling for people. So we need a bit of joined up thinking to ensure that our kind of game survive and thrive. A great result for Galway. They stopped Kilkenny from doing yep. four in a row. Yep. I suppose, you know, Galway desired to, but, you know, the cat, cats were not going to relinquish that crown without a fight. 
No, we saw that at the very end as well, didn't we? You know, but I think it gave a template. I know from from me personally, you know, we're looking at playing. We're looking at playing Kilkenny in the first round of the Leicester Championship uh, on the 11th of May. So kind of, I suppose we were we were very closely watching watching how Galway beat them. But look at Galway. No more than in ladies' football. Also, there's buckets and buckets of talent coming through from under 14, under 16, minor, numerous all Ireland titles. That's both in Camogie and both in, in, in ladies football. And we see Carl Murray just put shape on that, actually. You know, he had a load of talent there. He deserves a huge amount of credit. He seems to have pulled all those girls together for a huge and really... Galway will be looking to kick on into a long, long summer from on the back of today's win. Now, if we're going to talk about Dublin Camogie. Third yeah. group one, um, I suppose mm. for yourself, it's trying to get to know the players, trying to yeah. get a style of playing, kind of put your stamp on the Very team. much. Very much, you know, very much. That's what year one, I suppose. I would always look at kind of having a three-year cycle. Year one, you're bedding in, you're getting to know each other, you're putting the foundations in of what we need of what we need to do year two, you're hoping to grow on that year three, you're trying to you're hoping to get some success out of it. But look at I'm having a brilliant time at it though, Denise, and you know, um I love it, like, in sure, look at how many times we've talked about this, be it, be it Lockford Hurlers, be it Mayo Hurlers, be it Dublin Camogie, Mayo Ladies. You know, there's a buzz and there's a drive and there's something really enjoyable. And I'm seeing in, in, in the Dublin girls, you know, yeah, we've loads of work to do, but we have, we have that foundation of the girls are really, really wanting to get better. They really want to push themselves on. They really want to improve. And they're really honest, you know, and that once we have those foundations in place, I think we have a chance, um, I think it's going to it's going to take us a couple of years to pull it together. There's no doubt about that. You know what I think we're developing. Um, we were reasonably happy without getting into the real technicalities of it. We were reasonably happy with our league campaign. I suppose we we got to know the players. We tried I think 27 different players. I think 11 players got senior debuts. You know all those kind of things happened, which was really good. But you know could. Could have caught Limerick, got a goal a little bit later on. If we got a goal a bit earlier, could have caught Limerick, uh, could have caught Offaly, could have slipped into a league semi-final, which is about the level we would have felt that we would have been at just right now in our progress, but really exciting times ahead and really enjoying it, though, Denise, as much as everything else. You know, that, that's so important, isn't it? You know, like, we, sometimes we get caught up in things, but like we have to enjoy it. It's a pastime. If you open it up, you know, it's, 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 it's a pastime. And it's, it's for people to enjoy and people, by all means, of course we want to win, of course we want to perform, but we want to enjoy them and, and play Camogie with a smile on our face as well. We were talking about um, the Division 1 final being in Crow Park and yeah. the other initiatives that Littlewoods brought in this year was the live streaming of games. Yeah. So it gave people like myself who couldn't get to games a chance to see games and also other people that were curious about the sport a chance to sit down in the warmth mm. and watch the matches. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, I think it's a brilliant development. Again, we're seeing that both in LGFA and in Camogie as well. I think there's certain issues though that Camogie need to look at. I know that there's a working group set up with some players there and with the, with the WGPA and all to look at kind of certain aspects of the rules of the game where the more than what's going on in ladies football is becoming a very physical game, yeah. but the rules don't seem to cater for that. So we're, we're leaving ourselves open to the interpretations of referees therefore and that's kind of that's not being fair to the referees ultimately where we're asking referees to kind of not have maybe particularly clear rules and give their interpretation and one interpretation is different to the other and that leads to frustration amongst players as well but but I know that actively WGPA and Commodification are looking at that and looking to see how can we how can we bring the game into the into the kind of modern times? Particularly for that audience as you said that's out there watching it as well. You know, we see like we see in Harlan, even though today's game wasn't that great, but Harlan has turned into a huge spectacle of a game that you know that people love watching and, and I think we have to look at how we can move Camogie into that into that realm as well. Yeah, and actually kind of you know, as you said, kind of lagging a bit behind in terms of publicity like the LGFA, but if they look at what the LGFA have done because they've done it over the last couple of years, like it didn't just become a success overnight. Um, Komogi can go just the same way as the LGFA is. I, I don't see any reason why not, you know. I absolutely don't see any reason why not. I think it's what LGFA, and you know, Denise, from kind of being on the, on the media side of it, the quality and the amount of information is coming out and how, how the game has been marketed, how it's been pushed on, you know, like to break 50,000 people in an All-Ireland Ladies final, largest sport, female sport event in the world last year is absolutely phenomenal stuff, you know, and I don't see any reason why Camogie can't do it as well because the game is a spectacle and the game, is, as you say, from a viewer's point, 
of you can be really exciting, can be really open, can be really flowing and really so I, I think you know what? We if if as Dean Griffin famously said, if if Coca Cola could take gripe water, make a brand and turn a fizzy and market it as a soft drink, surely to God we can we can market camogie and hurling as brilliant the brilliant spectacles they are. That is brilliant. Listen, while we're on about Camogie, we have yeah. to mention Claire Jewelstar, Eilish Considine. Like, what a season she has had in the Australian Football yeah. League. And she won the grand final with her club, Adelaide Crows, and scored a goal in the final. Yeah, you know what? She, and she's just a phenomenal athlete. And, you know, but we're seeing that, you know, we see with Yvonne Bonner, we see yeah. with Coruscant, see with Sarah Rowe. All these girls are going over, you know, and I, and I think the feedback I'm getting from some of the girls, from speaking to some of the girls who've been over there, the skill level that the AFL is getting that they're seeing in our Gaelic footballers is really what's setting them out mm. and setting them apart from the other AFL players. It's just such a high skill level, but is it any wonder they're spending hours and hours honing those skills and yeah. they're practicing those skills? But brilliant for Eilish, you know, and uh, great athletes. But again, though, and I, you know, I, we we always talk about Denise when we have our chats. A brilliant role model, you know. Just if 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 people all over the country, if their daughter turns out like Eilish Considine, they should be proud parents of it. You know, I saw that through my throughout my time with Fiona McHale, Sarah Terry, Cora. You know, brilliant, really, really good role models for for young people to kind of look up to all the time. Yeah, listen, I'd like to call you a jack of all trades because you have tried absolutely. Everything, you know, you've done the, the men's football, ladies' football, yeah. camogie, um, yeah. the curling. Um, is there anything else that you would like to manage? Do you know what, Denise, it's funny. I wrote, you know what, I, for the local parish magazine, there's a magazine called the Anna Magazine, which comes out every year. And in 2017, they asked me to write a little article about, about male ladies. And I sat down in the middle of, you know, the middle of October to write this. And when am I going to put down under them? Okay, I'm going to call the article Chasing the Dream. And I just wrote me a few words and me a couple of hundred words about it. But by the end of it, you know what? I changed the title to I'm not chasing dream. I'm actually living the dream. You know, and I really mean that. And you know how passionate I am about things, oh, you know. Imagine you got to be on the sideline in Croke Park with 47,500 people. Sure, that's brilliant, you know. That's the stuff we we dream of doing, you know. And you, you know, only a very, very small minority of the population. Um, have a go at it, but no, Dublin Camogie is going to keep me really occupied for the for the next little while. But I suppose you know one of the things that people have said to me coming back, uh, I would have been looked upon in Dublin as kind of male ladies football manager, and yeah. sure, well, what do you really know about hurling? And I said, well, in two thousand and seven, when I walked into the male ladies dressing room, I think Cora said, yeah, you're probably a good manager, but what do you know about football? So a lot of people still say, what does he bloody well know about anything at this stage of the game? You know. But sure, listen, we're always learning. I remember talking to Mickey Gray. Every day, and he was yeah. looking at uh, Mickey Hart, you know, to him. And mm-hmm. little did we know that Mickey Graham was going to have that fantastic role with Mullen Yachta. Wasn't it a brilliant story, though? Isn't that isn't that why we love the GA, Denise? You know, and yeah. I know there's times, Lord God Almighty, tonight. I know there's times that frustrate us yeah. deeply, and we can give out yards about it. But and no more. And it's not that I want to go back to a sad note, but you, you know what? God rest Paul Jimmy Corbett, but now this is when the GA clubs with Karen O'Connor and Ballant Hover, this is when these people will step up, you know, and they'll look after Jimmy and they look after the family and everything will be done. Because in a crisis, no better organisation than the GA to call on. Yeah, I wrote that article last week because we had uh, something similar in Granard's Of course, clubs yeah. As well. And no better organisation than Eastern GA when the, when the chips are down and you know what, we'll kill each other and we'll fight with each other and we'll. You know, we we go toe to toe, but when when there's a crisis and we need everybody we shoulder to the wheel, no better group of people than GA. But because it's based in the community, it's based, it's who we are really, isn't it? And you, as you said there in Granard, when the times are really tough, we go back to what we know and what we know is the GA, what we know is our club jersey, what we know is looking after each other within that as well, and and that's that's the beauty of it. As frustrating as it can be at times, it's a brilliant organisation, isn't it? Do the Dublin girls not realise that uh, you won a national title in Croke Park? With the Longford lads, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I still get, I still get ribbed about the picture of of, of um, myself and Mick O'Rourke <laughs> rolling around on the ground just when the final whistle went. But you know what? I was talking to Declan Tanner actually, who you know, absolute legend of Offaly yeah. hurling, and yeah, and, and he was playing full forward. And you know, there's a brilliant picture actually of Declan crying in Croke Park, you know, with a Longford jersey and. 
Like, listen, look, we had we had a brilliant time. I remember the interview we done underneath the Hogan stand that day, cried, and, that's and, it. You know, and we cried, and everybody did. And you know, people said to me, a lot of people said, but it was only a Larry Marr, and I said, but sure, that was the only competition we could win. Yeah. You know, and we worked, and then this you know as well because you saw the story at first hand. We spent three years chasing that dream. You know, from I remember the first the first time we played, we were down and down at Brewster Park and then Skill, and we just had about had fifteen yeah. players. You know, we were Longford Harlem was about to drop off, drop off the scale and not be played anymore. But suddenly, you know what? With a few committed people and a little bit of a dream, and, and away we went. And you know, it was an absolutely brilliant time of career. I really loved it. Made made such good friends and such good Harlem people. You know, yourself included, Denise. You know, it was absolutely a magical time, wasn't it? Me hassling you for interviews, but I have to say there was one quote, and I. It always remains with me was so we fell in love, fell yeah. love with hurling and it was that's a love exactly affair. It. it was a love it's affair. It's a love affair. Yeah. It was a love affair and yeah. it's a love affair with hurling, you know. People are gonna listen to this and they'll say, you know what, uh, these two are must have been on the drink or something before they've done this interview kind of thing. But well, it is a love drink. affair. It's about Yeah, it's about the love of the game, it's about the love of winning. But you know what? It was about making a difference to people as well, you know, and it was about a group of people, you know, training and working together to try and reach a common goal and that's always a good thing, you know. But it was a love affair, yeah, because, you know what, I'm in love with Ireland and I'm in love with football. And, but I love I love seeing players develop. I love seeing players doing their best, you know. And as I'd said to the Dublin Camogie girls, I, I'd love to promise you girls that we're going to win an All-Ireland final. I can't do that. But what I can promise you is we're going to go on an absolute hell of a journey here. Is that what motivates you, is to go out there yeah. and improve players and make them feel like you did with the Longford players? And I love winning too, Denise, and, and, and make oh, no sure bones about that, you know. And I'll do, and I'll do whatever I need to do to, to win, but it's the dark nights, you know, I remember nights driving home from, driving home from training in Longford at 11 o'clock at night and lashing rain, the wipers on fun, you're thinking, what are you doing? But suddenly you get it in, you get it in the big house in Crook Park. Suddenly, you know, Joe Wright scores a goal. Odin Allen strikes over a ball from 80 yards out, 90 yards out, and you get a go and you, yeah, suddenly, you know what, it's all worth it now. <laughs> Mad, I remember actually the game the... down in Ballinamore when Longford were playing for a place in the Nicky Rackers. Yeah. And you had only yeah. one sub. And, you know, that, you know yeah. these things. GA didn't that, do us yeah. any favours, you know. We loved the GA, but they didn't do us any favours there because, you know what, like this is a massive occasion. We, I think we had six days to kind of yeah. celebrate and then get ready for another huge yeah. day. In the history of Longford Hurling, but uh, to the eternal quiddlet, to, to Ray and all the lads that followed on half for me there, say that, you to hold it there. Yeah. Brilliant, love it. You know, avidly watched Longford results. You know, avidly watch watch the team, watch the like the kind of Ruben Murray there coming through now to be one of the stars of it. You know, avidly watch that kind of thing. You know, but have to say myself and never know the men had a great relationship. You know, oh, he, he was a beautiful hurler, though, Denise. Oh, you know, some strike of a ball, striking. It was immaculate. His swing was textbook. Absolutely well, you do think textbook, of that, you know? Frank, you know, and I'm yeah. not saying it because I'm from Longford, but I remember George O'Connor, you brought him up one evening. and Big George saw, came to see us on a yeah, summer's evening. some of the hurlers there, and he was saying that, you know, some of them could go into any of the top teams. And, yeah. you know, that's what we should be doing. And, you know, the Laurie Marr and the Nicky Rackards and, yeah. you know, things, try and promote them even more because there's some fantastic footballers. Oh, sure, look at, if you look at, if you look at Denise, over the Larry Mark Christie Ring and Nicky Record competitions last year. Probably the average the average winning margin was only a point or two yeah. through all the games. They were really close, tight games. But remember George talking that evening, we were sitting down having having a bite eat, you know, and George is like is what I call a Harlem fundamentalist, you know. He just, he just loves Harlem and he has everything to do with Harlem. But I always remember he said it's easy to be a hurler in Kilkenny or it's easy yeah. to be a hurler in Wexford or it's easy to be a hurler in, in Galway. It's hard to be you have to really love it and believe in it to be in a Longford hurler because it's not sexy and it's not really that yeah. cool, you know. It isn't Kikenny and it isn't other places, but I think that model as well, though, in fairness, um, I kind of have maybe an issue, maybe we've too many competitions with Joe McDonough and all now, but I think football has to look at that competition as well. You look at the joy of the Leitrim lads yesterday yeah. being in Cork Park, you know, and we had that with Longford. Yeah. We had that, you know, but you look at Mayo today, like in... With all due respect to Leitrim, the Leitrim players will tell you this themselves. You know, they're going to go into a kind of championship now. And I don't know how realistic a chance to have, you know, of, of winning that. But if you were in, a, if you had a, a grade two and a grade three competition, where lads have a real chance of getting to Croke Park in the summer to play in an All-Ireland final, 
Because that's what we've done with Larry, Larry Marr, Nicky Rackham, and Chrissy Ring. We've given players a real chance at a competition in which they can win it and to be in, and to play it in Croke Park. There's an ideal competition. I think football authorities and GA in general is going to, I know it's going to be, it's probably politically very incorrect what, what I'm saying here, but I think it's going to, it's going to have to be looked at. And I would even think it two and a probably a three grades of, of an All-Ireland series in football. You've had so many managerial jobs. Um, yeah. What would you say, or would you have one that was the toughest that you felt, or you went through a tough time with us, or? My old lady's job was the toughest in one way, and I'll tell you why. Probably because the expectations were so yeah. high. Yeah, and and personally as well, I was feeling okay. I in 2007 got to an all Ireland final, yeah. and then I have to get to an all Ireland final and get over the line here to work well. So in terms of that, that, and also the expectation of the public was kind of like, you know what, here, this team is good enough to win an All-Ireland and we're going to produce, you know. But the most common question, actually, that I get asked then is how difficult was Cora to manage? And actually, Cora was a dream to manage, in my opinion, you know, because all she wanted was to win. All she wanted was to be the very best she possibly could. She demanded incredibly high standards of, of me and of herself. And, you know, I probably fell out with Cora 30 times. But more importantly, Denise, I fell back in with her 31 times. And that was the, always the overriding thing. It was always motivated by wanting to be better, wanting to be a good player, wanting to be wanting standards for ladies' sport to be better, the facilities to be better. And that's a, in my book, that's a good thing. So that was probably one of the. It was the toughest in terms of that, but it was also the most enjoyable because we went on an absolutely amazing journey. You know, we um, we had great times. You know, we we had great parties. We we won together. We lost together. We mined each other. And we looked after each other. And we we had a brilliant time at it. Was not getting that All Ireland one of those things that you will regret? Yeah, uh, I don't regret it, Denise, and I'll tell you why. Because I done my very best. I remember the morning of the All Ireland final, looking in the mirror and and having a shave and thinking, okay, whatever today is going to bring, now it's going to bring. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to win. I'm going to have to make three or four decisions, but now I have left no stone unturned, and now. It's out there, you know. Yeah. I have done. I have no regrets. I have done my very, very best, and whatever is going, to, whatever the afternoon in Croke Park is going to hold for me, it's going to hold for me. So, uh, so in terms of regrets, yeah, of course I regret. We, I'm disappointed we didn't win. I don't have any regrets though because I personally couldn't do any more to get the team over the line. And all the time we hear Denise's sport, I'm going to give this 110. percent mm. It kind of drives me mad because you can't give it 110. percent You can all you can give it is 100, percent but give it that 100. percent Give it every ounce you have, and then whatever it takes you, it's going to take you, you know. But you can look, you know, and say, well, I've done my best. You know, I've done my best, you know. I have a daughter doing her leaving cert in the beginning of June, believe it or not, now. And, uh, you know, all she can do is her best. That's all. And if she can come around, be it, be it 50 points or 500 points, it doesn't matter what she's done her best. That's what she can do, you know. You're always very positive, and that's what I like about you. Have you always been like that, or is something that happened? I have, or? Denise. No, I suppose. But I suppose kind of losing losing Emma yeah, back yeah. in, you know, losing Emma kind of taught me as well. That it's, it's a only, game, you know, it's a game of football. Game, yeah. It's a game of hurling. You know, it's not. And as much as God Almighty, I want to win, and I work as hard as I can to win, as much as I do, at the end of the day, it's a game of football, you know. And, and as, as, you know, as I say, I lost Emma, and it kind of gave me a whole different perspective on on winning and losing and life and I'd be a big believer life is for living Denise let's get out and do it you know and as I say I got to be I got to be in Croke Park I got to be in Pears Park I got to be in in brilliant places on brilliant days you know but not even that you know sometimes you know what I done a bit of coaching with under 13 girls and we won the county final it was absolutely brilliant you know, and you really, you just, you just, I enjoy it, and of course I'm positive about it. You know, the day that I'm, the day that I'm not positive, Denise, or the day that I stop learning, wanting to learn, will be the day I said, okay, that's enough for me now. Yeah, exactly, because you know, people forget that it is a sport, and sport is meant to be, yeah, and there is meant to yeah. be enjoyment. And you know, I found it even in recent years with actually underage games. How you know the fun factor's kind of gone over, and everything is about yeah. win at all costs. Nearly win at all costs. We have to go. We have to win, and you know we have to. You don't have to go and enjoy them. You know the one thing I'd say to the girls in, in Dublin all the time. You know we're going to go out and we're going to hurt. We're going to hurt with a smile on our face. You know we're going to go out. We're going to express ourselves. You know, and we're all going to make mistakes, and I'm going to make mistakes, and you're going to make mistakes, and but that's okay. You know, a particular girl rang me there just after the panel was announced, Denise. And I had a chat with her. She was saying to me, "You know what? I'm worried that if I make a mistake, do I get dropped? 
And I said, well, actually, you get dropped for not making mistakes. You know, because if you're not making mistakes, you're in a comfort zone, you're not pushing yourself on. The only way we learn a lot of things is by making mistakes. So go out and express yourself. You drive the ball wide, what about it? We'll practice or you'll drive it over the ball, over the bar the next time. And, and that, that positivity, that, that's what we have to do. Because as you said, and as we see in soccer, rugby, all these, all these games, GA games, it's, it's, you have to win, you have to win, you don't have to enjoy yourself, you know. And, and that's what, and you see it, that goes right back to, as you say, within your community there, and had a really tough time. That was something to be upset about. That was something to cry about. That was something to be hard about playing a game of football, playing a game of hard, or something to go out and enjoy on a summer season. Yeah, because I think for a lot of us, actually, it, it's an escape from reality, and that's yes, what it should be. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We call, you know, we call our place in Dublin, Camogie, our training ground, a place of solace. You know, people say, "What is he? This guy is definitely got." Yeah, it's a place of solace. It's a, a place to go and be happy. It's a going place, place to suspend the reality of your life. You're behind with your mortgage, whatever it is in your life. But you can go there into a safe place and express yourself and enjoy it and get on with it. And yeah, by all means, you have to pick up all that responsibility when you buck records. But we would always talk about, you know, when we're trying, this is a place of solace. This is a place where you're safe, where you're secure, where you can be happy, where you can smile and do all those kind of things. And you know, people will say, but does that win games to you? It absolutely does win games. Of course it does, you know. And as I say, that, that place of solace, I think is, it's really, really important to me, isn't it? You've seen some of the great managers. Um, you've yeah. noted some of the greats. Is yeah. there one particular that you just love? His whole style of management, his persona, yeah. everything about him. Asher, look at I love Griffin. You know, yeah. uh, I love Liam Griffin. I think he just, but he came in a really, he came with this massive energy and yeah. massive belief, and you know. He everything he he done he thought he was positive about everything you know and he minded players he cared for players and ultimately he got Wexford you know over over the line yeah. after twenty eight years in nineteen ninety six I think he's been he's been an absolutely I really look up to him I think Cody as well I think Cody's been absolutely brilliant different style of manager and you know who I love actually Denise Davy we all love we either love Davy or we hate Davy but you know what we need him in the sport. Yeah. We need characters, don't we? We we can't have these plastic cutouts of, of, of people, you know. Yeah, I love him or hate him, but at least there's some emotion on Davey, you know. And actually, underneath it all, he's a very, very deep thinker about the game, you know. Yep. It's, it's, sometimes we simplify, he plays a sweeper, he doesn't, but he's a very deep thinker. But we need characters like Davey Fitz in the game. We need Cody, because we're competing. We're competing with cross-channel soccer. We're competing with Heineken Cup rugby and all this kind of thing. We're competing for the hearts and minds of, 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 of the children, and that's why we need need these characters, you know, driving on and, and, and being heroes, you know. Love, love what Mickey Graham done, to be honest with you. And he's an absolute gentleman as well, like yeah. I would have, but I love what he done. I think he's going to do brilliant things in Cavan there, you know. But he's one of the modern managers. He's a deep thinker. He's a very caring guy. He's a very humble guy. And love what he, love what we all fell in love with the, with the long for with the one and after story. Oh, like, didn't was, we? You know, it, it was, was absolutely, else, yeah. it was amazing. It was just an and it renewed our faith in the game too, and in, in, in sport and in people. You know, um, you know, it renewed. I, I was watching a really interesting documentary on something completely away from sport, talking about the the people from the rescue helicopter that crashed in Blackstad, and one of the uh, one of the sisters of the pilot came on. And she said, "In the most difficult of times, we were best. We were met with the best of humanity." And sometimes Mickey Grimson sums that up for me, you know, the best of humanity, that Monolacta story. We saw the best of humanity. We saw a small page with, you know, only a few houses actually rising up and kind of saying, this is our game, we're going to love it, you know. And that's why we love it, don't we? And the thing about it is, when the championship starts and if Granard are in a group with them, I will be yeah. completely against them because that's absolutely there are rivals in the county the ones yeah. outside and I suppose that's what makes our, yeah. our game so special. The savage, yeah. the savage loves his native shore, and the savage loves her native shore, and he's of course, you know, because that's what we're going back to, you know, all the time. We love we love our own little patch, you know, and I often think, you know what, I'd love to see Wexford in this way. I suppose I love Davies as much, love to see Wexford winning in all Ireland. Davies a bit of all of us on the sideline, you know, when we do. Yeah, isn't he? And you know what yeah, is. on a sideline as well will be John Milan. Yeah, Milan carries that real passion oh. of the game, and you know I love Waterford and and I love McLaw and I love listening yeah. to him on the radio, and he brings he brings us all this good about the GEA. And do you know what I love about Milan too? Though he brings all this good about the GEA, 
But also, you know what, we all know like he had a bit of a temper and he had all, and that's lovable about him too, though, isn't it? Because sure, that's what makes up, and we go down to our club, we all, we all have them characters, you know, we all, and that's what we we're all trying to aspire to, but ultimately, he's a, he's a true and true GEA man who just loves, he loves his club and he loves his county and he loves his sport and he's a brilliant ambassador for it, because, you know, that's a big thing for me all the time, we keep coming back to it. This idea of a role model, and sometimes you know what we we set up a role model to play for Manchester United, and exactly yeah. after he's after signing in from somewhere in southern Italy, and we're after paying him one hundred and fifty thousand euro to be there. But people will go into Donny Van's shoe shop tomorrow and buy a rub and buy a pair of shoes off him, and that's a true role model. You know, people will go into the Bank of Ireland Castle Bar tomorrow, and key things will be there. You know, they're our people in our place. You know, and I think that's. Absolutely crucial for us going forward as a, as a society, Denise. You know, I know that sounds very deep and meaningful, but they're the true role models we want. Ailish Considine went to Australia, you know, they're, they're really good true role models for us. Yeah, I remember last year Longford and Cavan opened up the pitch in Canuckwira and the mm. children waiting around, and it was all for, you know, Darren Gallagher was from Granard, and the children were mm. absolutely delighted. Delighted, you know, that the children got the opportunity as well. But for them, it's lovely to see that that they're local heroes. Yeah, they're a local hero. Yeah, I remember remember in in 1996 after Mayo were beaten in the All Ireland in the All Ireland football final on the Tuesday night, we were in the corner bar in Ballyhonas, and and David Nestor was was walking behind the bar for the Saturday night after being in Crow Park with eighty two and a half thousand people you know on the Sunday before that, and that's that's local heroes. They're they're people we can look up to, you know. They're they're doing it because they love us. They do it because they love their parish and they love their community and they, and they love the people. Not because they're getting a cheque for one hundred fifty thousand euros a week for the for the sake of doing it, you know. You're a great Wordsworth. Have you always been like this? <laughs> I just it's just something that I'm passionate about. Sport is something that I'm passionate about, Denise. It's something that I, I, you know, and it's easy to talk about something that you really, really in, enjoy all the time. But you know, I, I love being on the sideline. You know, I love the buzz of it. I love. I love seeing. I love going training. You know, we're training tomorrow night with the with the with the Dublin Camogie girls in Abbottstown, and can't wait to get in. And we'll have a bit of banter. We'll have a bit of crack, and we'll work our absolute you know what's off as well. But we bring. I love. I love sitting for the cup of tea afterwards, and you know what? We're all on the same pitch. We're all in the same place. We're all driving for the same goal, and you know, it's, it's just it's a real positive and brilliant environment to be in, Denise. You know. Is it something that you always wanted, you know, when you're way back in Wexford growing up? No. Is, is it something that you wanted to go into as a management? Is it, I no, remember years no, ago, no. I wanted to be the Liverpool manager when I was buddy. Really? Yeah. No, no. I was just playing away and playing away and hurling away and I gave up hurling and then the it was the year after the year after the Emma passed away and the lads in Mayo Hurling Board said, look at what you think you do. And I in the Mayo Hurlers and I said, yeah. I thought about it for about about maybe two and a half seconds and I said, I'd love to. Absolutely. This is a challenge. I love, you know, uh, it's it's as close as you can get to playing yeah. without the actual, the only difference is there's not the physical contact, but everything else is the same, you know, and you kind of make up for it and you're methodical about it. And it's, But the modern game, often I'd look back now, Denise, you know, and it's probably it's about 15 years, 16 years since I played now, I'd love to have the level of support that the player has now, yeah. just so I couldn't push myself. And I think if you talk to a lot of players, you talk to Mickey Graham, you talk to a lot of lads who are in my age, in my late 40s kind of thing, they'll say, yeah, when I was playing, I would have loved to have the level of sports science around me then the players have now so that I could test myself against it so I could push myself against it and see how good but did I ever no but I just I enjoy being around people I enjoy talking to people I enjoy I enjoy hurling I enjoy football so it was just kind of it was a natural move for me Denise to be honest with you you know, I love the way you always talk about Emma and from the first moment I met you yes. you, you yeah. mentioned Emma and as you said yourself, you know, losing a child it gives you mm. a whole new perspective on life. It did. It did. It broke my heart. It brought me into terribly dark. It brought my family into terribly, terribly dark places. But it also it learned me some huge lessons, you know, and I for me again, this is sound like romantic notion, but I know this kinda when my time comes, I'll meet him again. And mm. for anyone that's familiar with it, you know, I'll walk with her on Curraclaw Beach and uh, we'll eat ice cream and it'll dribble yeah. down her fingers in the warm sun. And, and that for me, and when that happens, I'll know, well, 
you know, I've gone to a better place and I've gone to a different place. And I firmly, I firmly believe that it's not that I'm a religious zealot or a religious figure, but I believe that we will move on to a different place and it will be a good place. And uh, but in the in the situation in in the dark hours of the soul, you have to believe in something as well, Denise. You know, and that's probably what kept me going. And she she let me. Let me really valuable lessons about about living and about loving and about enjoying life and about winning and about losing and and putting you know as I say in 2017 there was 47 and a half thousand people in Croke Park and, and all our final but I only lost a game of football that was all yeah. that's all I lost you know and I came back and moved on to do something different and looking forward to it now as well. Holly, uh, she stows around uh, matches yeah. with you. Uh, yeah. I just loved the relationship that you had with your daughter. So myself and Hazard, myself and Hazard, peas in the pod to do this, you know. It's funny, she's a really good reader of the game, you know, of hurling of the football. But sure, how can she be in it anyway? Oh, so she, she was the brains. Oh, she's the brains. Oh, she's the brains, absolutely, and continues, and continues to be, you know. The brains and the good looks as well, to be honest with you, you know. Um, but yeah, we would have a lovely relationship, and you know what? We're we're and but do you know that sport has given us that bond as well? You know that we go away and we can do those things together, and you know, and it, it, we've we've had brilliant journeys to us and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm truly, madly, deeply in love with her. You know, and I'm not I'm not embarrassed to say that. You know. Yeah, but you you look at it at matches, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? It is. Going to matches is. as a family. You go back to Monaghan there, and families. You know, brothers and sisters and grown men standing on a pitch crying their eyes out, you know, and hugging their sons and mammies hugging their sons. Ultimately, ultimately, Denise, that's what it's about, isn't it, you know, and you go back out, you could write a book about that story, I'd say, you know, of, of grown men hugging their sons and saying, yeah, you know what, and for other stuff didn't matter, all the stuff of mortgages and problems on the farm and problems at work, all of that was suspended for a couple of weekends on that journey and, that's the absolute beauty of it. And I think as well, because it was so long from their um, from winning the championship last time, 66 years, then winning it, and then the fact they won it three in a row, and, you know, the whole Leinster journey wasn't just um, yeah. last year. No, no, year. it just didn't happen whole, by accident. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But, but Denise, did you ever have any doubts? Because you knew those guys, you reported on, you watched them. You knew the character that was inside that jersey and inside them chests, you know. So you knew that when the chips were down, these were the guys that were going to come to come out and, and go to war for you, you know. And, and that, that's a massive, massive attribute, you know. We saw that actually in Crow Park today with Mayo there when the chips were really down, you know. Like to dug in, to dug in, and the and the dug out a result, and I think that's going to be actually really important for Mayo going forward. I think that win today psychologically is awfully important for that group of players. You know what? We've got to win. We've won a national title. We we we've won something in Croke Park. You know, that's not to be that's not to be little what's going to go on in the in championship and I think Horn Horn will be bringing guys down. But I think it's really important. You know, I know we're straying off her, but for the Mayo guys to go in, have a couple of beers tonight, and enjoy their victory, cherish their victory. You know, because. That's how you build a winning culture, you know, you enjoy your victories and you go on, you celebrate them. You've, as we said, you know, so many different sports mm. and you mentioned about how things have changed and, you know, you'd love to be a player yeah. now. What, yeah. is, what is the best thing you've seen in the last couple of years? I often think about this and I hear, sometimes you hear the owl, you know, the, the, the doomsday people are just continuing. Dublin has so much money being pushed into it and they're taking it on. But, Denise, we're in a race to the top. Yeah. We're in a race to try and make better athletes, better people, you know, better footballers, better hurlers. And surely to God, that's a good thing. We're in, we're not, we're, why should, when Cody was in his heyday and he was winning all Ireland, should he have took his foot off the throttle a little bit there and let other teams catch up with him? No way. He drove the standards and other teams had to come up and reach that and surpass it. And now Cody is building a team to try to surpass his standards again. And that, to me, is a really positive. That means our sport is developing. I think our, our sport is growing. I think our sport is getting better all the time. And that that's a massive positive for me. That, that we're, we're striving. And does, does money make a difference? It does, but we're after spending 10 minutes talking about the Mononocta story. Yeah. There were 400, 400 homes in the parish. They're probably not one of the most affluent clubs, but they had the heart, they had the belief, they wanted to make themselves better. So, you know what? That The Mononocta story threw that Terry's money out the window. And it's about character, it's about desire, it's about loving the place you come from, it's about believing in each other and driving on, and that's what they've done. Yeah, because the thing about it is, um, you know, Dublin, you have to applaud them, you have to applaud Jim Gavin and what Absolutely. he's done. Absolutely. 
team. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And if you go to the true sports, people will say, well, we have to take our hat off to these. We see it in rugby with the All Blacks. You know, we saw it in Harlem with Kenny for many years. You know, we've seen it across teams come and take on and bring on, take on the mantle and drive it to a whole new level. You know what? And, and that means no matter what money is involved, these guys in the Dublin panel have to make the conscious decision to get up in the morning, to get into the gym, to watch their diet, to stay tough, stay strong, and do all those things, you know. And I think there's massive credit to Gavin, absolutely huge credit. And he will, and nobody knows probably better than Gavin, he will be caught. You know what? James Horn is, is, has him in his sights at the moment. Nicky Hart will have him in his sights at the moment. You know, Peter Kane will have him in his sights. He has to keep running to keep ahead of the posse. But I guarantee you, as a, as a, as a competitor, you know, and as a competitive animal, that's what he wants. He wants people coming after him so that he has to improve and get better as well. And I think that's what uh, all supporters want. I know GA is your life, but yeah. outside that, if I said to you, listen, you can go to any sporting event in the world, what else oh, does your fancy? How many, how many, how many am I allowed? Oh. <laughs> uh, love to see the Olympics. Love to have a little look at the Olympics just to see the whole thing that goes wrong. I'd love to go, actually, if you said to me I can pick one, I'd love to go to a test cricket match. Really? Of all things. Yeah, absolutely. When I was when I was young growing up, we used to get, B, I lived in Wexford, so we used to be able to get BBC Radio 5 on Longwave and listen to the cricket. Actually, believe it or not, Denise, we listened to the cricket. My father was a massive GA man, but he was a massive, he was a massive cricket fan of all things. Yeah, so we grew up with, you know, Dennis Lilly, Ian Bautam, Jeff Boycott, all these were all kind of heroes in my youth. I know that's for a, a dying, a dying the world GA man, that's a strange comment to come out with. Yeah, that, that, is, that is where, cause I wouldn't have expected, <laughs> yeah. I would have maybe yeah. thought, maybe, because I know you mentioned the rugby and that, you know, um, yeah. Tyke Furlong, yeah. um, that you would have said, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, no, I'd love to go, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, a national series game, absolutely, would be on my list. I'd really, really love to have, have a look at that, Denise. Is there something in cricket that you like, or is it just like you just? <laughs> maybe it's the bat and ball. Maybe it's the bat and ball. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is now. Maybe that's what it is. The whole thing of the bat and ball, or I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure what. But I would love the um, yeah, cricket would be the one thing. If you said to me, pick a sporting event, it'd be either cricket or Wimbledon, one or the other. <laughs> so the thing about it is, when I go away, if I'm in London or places out, you know, other cities, I'd have to go and see their football ground or their whatever yeah. it is ground. And I've done that. Like yeah. I've been, I've seen Lords, I've seen the Oval. Um, yeah. I'm a big Leeds Rhinos fan, so I didn't play at Headingley. Seen, so. Yeah. Yeah. Is there. But don't you love do those, Denise? Do you know the feeling that I love when you walk into Crook Park as a GA person? You kind of get a little bit taller and you, you burst with a little bit of pride because at the end of the day, that's our stadium that we built. And you know, you go into you go into Pierce Park and you feel at home as a GA yeah. person there. You go into a GA pitch down the country and you feel, just I'm, I'm safe here, I'm with my own people, you know. I love that feeling, you know, love that. No, I love is, um, you know, and we've been so lucky in the last couple of years, and thank you to yourself and the hurlers as well. Mm. I've been in Crow Park and supporting my county. Um, yeah. And even a couple of years ago, six years ago, yeah. um, I was there um, supporting my local school in an All-Ireland Education yeah. School yeah. final. And uh, as you said, like, it, it is our stadium. And to be there, yeah. especially when we win as well, it's just because, you know, myself and yourself, uh, Warwickshire, you know, and it would have yeah. to lose, and and then obviously yeah. then the joy of coming back the year after, and uh, and it made it all the sweeter against Fermanagh that year in some ways, you know. But I think I still remember, you know, Dick Tanner, uh, Joe O'Brien, you know, probably like Joe, like people don't realise, but Joe would have been good enough to make it in any hurling county, yeah. you know, the Tips, the Galways, the Watfords, the Wexfords. Joe would have held his own there, no doubt about it. He was just an immaculate hurling, an immaculate footballer, and you know what, a really good guy as well. Mentioned sports now. Is there a sports there then? Obviously, that you. Uh, that I would have a huge amount of time for. Actually, my favourite at the moment is is Austin Gleeson. To be honest with you, I think he's he's just a beautiful hurler. He has he has that factor. Um, he has that factor within. When he gets the ball, you think the whole stadium thinks, okay, Austin is going to do something special here. He's going to do something different. He's going to he's going to do something outside of that. And I was watching Mo Salah play soccer for the very same reason. I think he has that X factor. Every time he gets on the ball, you think Salah's going to do something. He's going to. When we when I was young growing up, it was Simon Gagan used to play on the wing for Ireland. Yeah. 
and had a big a big blondie head on him, you yes. know. But every time Gagan got the ball, people thought, wow, this guy, he's going to get it behind his own post and run the letter to the pitch and See, do a somersault and put down at the other end, you know. Simon Gagan, yeah. yeah. Was Simon Gagan was yeah. one of the kind of, it was probably one of the first real, real Lovely superstars, stars, yeah. you know. Yeah, he really was. But he had that, he had that exactly, you know. We see it though, Denise, with all these. We saw it in Mayo with Kerry McDonald too. He got on the ball and you think, this guy is going to produce something special for me today. And actually, you know, from a hurling sense, actually, Keith Higgins, when he hurls, actually, from Mayo, at that level too, he has that factor of giving the ball and then do something special. And he will do something special for you, you know. He has that, that bit of an X factor as well. But, um, brilliant to see him, brilliant to see him winning in Croke Park today, like, and, you know, going off and after, after so many times trooping off that pitch, you know, with his, with his head, with his head between the tail, you know, and, and away he goes. It was brilliant to see. Isn't it though, you know, you've had it there and, um, you know, over the last number of years. Yeah. You give them credit and, you know, yeah. you have to admire, you have to admire Dublin, but you have to admire Mio because it was Mio that pushed Dublin all the way. And what, you know, to come back, you know, losing one, two, you know, all the time losing yeah. one, and then come back. That resilience own. to come back, you know, but the other, it, it, it's absolutely, it's a brilliant trait, that resilience to keep coming back, to keep fighting, to keep looking for that win, you know. The other, I suppose one of the other bugbears I'd have in sport all the time is this notion of people saying you're unlucky. But if you look back to the 2017 final, you know what, like, Mayo had chances to win it, yeah. but poor Aldon Yvonne got a rush of blood to the head and got sent off. That wasn't unlucky. That, because he wasn't mentally strong enough when it really came down to the battle, you know, Killian had a free to win it when he hit the post. Dean Rock had a free to win it at the other end, and Dean Rock slaughtered. That's because when it really came to it, he was mentally strong enough to perform the skill that he required. It wasn't lucky. It wouldn't, you know, poor old David Clark, brilliant goalkeeper, gives his life and soul and continues to for Mayo football. But his last three kickouts, you know, he kicked one straight to a Dublin guy. He kicked one over the sideline, and the last one, he just made a complete mess of it as well. Was that good? Was that, that was just bad play. That wasn't unlucky. That was bad play, you know. So sometimes it's, by all means, you'll take a bit of luck. You know, and if you get it, you take it. But, you know, as I would say to the, to the players in Dublin, if we go into the first round of the Leicester Championship against Kilkenny and we're hoping for a bit of luck, we really haven't done our job correctly over, over the previous six or seven months of training. By all, as I said, Denise, by all means, you'll take the luck if you get it. But, don't you but say you can't be going in looking luck. for it. You earn your luck. And you, you know, isn't it? Arnold Palmer said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. You know, and that's, that's really the thing as well. It's about, it's about doing your job. It's about doing your preparation. Certainly in, in modern management and modern coaching, it's about that, you know. I would be a big believer as, as a coach or as a manager. If you have to make any more than three mid changes in the first half of the game, I put it to you, you really haven't done your job right. By all means, yes, somebody's going to get injured. You have to make a change. That's one. You know, a player is having a bit of a howler or something is going, not going right. That's two changes, and maybe a player on the opposition is having a great game and you need to make a change. But if you have to make any more than that, I'd put it to you, Denise, that really you haven't done your prep to the right level. You know, you're not play- matching players' abilities with the opposition's capabilities, and you haven't done it right. And, and I think that's an indictment. That's not the player's fault. I think that comes from making bad decisions or not doing your homework correctly as a management team. We mentioned the dubs, as in the men's yeah. team. Uh, the ladies going for three in a row this yeah. year. Yeah. You're looking at, you know, Cork are just in the last couple of weeks are just showing. Cork have uh, really time. started to yeah. kick on in the you last know, two or three God, weeks, all right, yeah. Donegal, Donegal, yeah. a blip. Have you seen, yeah. do you think that the ladies in the last couple of years is more open and more competitive? I think it is. I think it is. I think since kind of, since the Cork dominance kind of, since the likes of the, the Breach Dax and that group of players for Cork kind of, probably moved on a little bit it gives us a much more level playing field I think Dublin though are probably a step ahead of probably Cork and if I was go, if I was going to throw a sneaky fiver though it'll be Galway actually that'll be thrown around on this year I think you know there'll be a huge amount of underage talent coming through Stephen Glenn has done great work and that's been picked up this year and moved on again I love what I've seen him out of in the league they a very settled team very settled 15 I think if somebody was wanting to throw a sneaky fiver for a kind of an outside bet for the all Ireland ladies, it'll be it'll be Galway. I'd be throwing me a couple of pounds on. Could be a very interesting one for Galway for the double for the ladies. I was actually going to say that you know we obviously you know we can't get to, yeah. to bet on Dublin, but mm. uh, <laughs> you know uh, about I was going to say that to you about Galway. You know Cork have done it, so uh, I was going to say would yeah. Galway I think be that's there? A, a distinct, and I tell you, I think what is a, is a huge advantage. They don't have any dual players, so their football squad can yes. work away 
and their hurling squad can work away independently of each other and focusing on board, you know. And uh, as I say, I love what I say. I think as we move into the final stages of the of the little national league, I think we're going to see Galway really there, really close in the shake up. I think, as I say, Cork have come on. Mick Bohan is kind of would he bring this Dublin we've seen it in the last two or three games as well, really kicking on, mm-hmm. starting to move into championship level now. So all the big all the big guns are starting to come out to play. We're seeing it in, in Camogie, we're seeing it in, in, in the National Ladies National League, all the games. So, but it's brilliant. You know what? The hour gone on this evening is still bright and nice and we're looking forward to the summer now and I think it's gonna be a brilliant summer of action. The the Harlan is very open. I think the football championship is incredibly open this year for the first time in, in maybe a couple of years, yeah. maybe Dublin and firing that well or putting her putting her hand up love the way Tyrone are playing at the moment actually you know, playing the lovely open yeah. fast aggressive brand of football there fair play to Mickey Hart you know we talked about managers earlier on you know he's around a long time and, yeah. and after reinventing that Tyrone team a couple of different times he knows what it's like he's a bit like yourself yeah you know he's got a different perspective in life obviously because of tragedy he's but I think he's but he also has that he has that calmness and that persona as well you know yeah. I'd love to see him in a dressing room at all five minutes before a championship and see what he's really like, like you know I was actually going to say <laughs> what are you like Frank if things um, are I'm oh I'm very I'm very contemplative and reflective and um, really? no <laughs> <laughs> no not at all no but look at no sometimes we there's, there's various times and we would have a very set structure with our team but sometimes you need to you know, a, a righteous rollicking is the phrase that sometimes we use in these, you know. You know, Dublin, you've got dreams and aspirations. Yeah. Development-wise, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, it's been absolutely brilliant with Dublin Camogie. And it's great to see, because you look at how the hurling um, has mm. done in Dublin. Mm. Um, mm. Development-wise, what's it like? Is is there much been put into? Um, ah, there is. There's a lot of work being put in. Yeah, a lot of work. You know, they had a really, the Dublin failure was on over this weekend, Denise. It was really, really successful. And lots of teams. But then I think there's something like, uh, 76 Camogie teams or something like that, and sort of a huge range, you know, big logistical issue putting on a fail and that kind of thing, but they're, they're working away, they're, they're working. I suppose what people would say, yeah, there's a huge population, you have to be good, but there's also a huge amount of other sports, you know, that are competing for the hearts and minds, like. As I know down here with secondary schools and that, there's basketball, mm-hmm. um, Camogie is actually starting up in Longford now. Yeah. Uh, there's soccer, because you kind of look towards the guys, but girls have just as much, if not more, sports. Sometimes. Absolutely, and you take that to the to the situation. Then say within say a, a mile of the Fina grounds in in Movie Road in in North Dublin, there's probably gymnastics, rugby, soccer, you know, football, a range, a range of all kinds of sporting activities. You know, I see there. If we were in UCG trend the other day, there's a frisbee club for competitive frisbee playing. You know, so there's there's a range of things looking for the hearts and minds of of of. Do we probably maybe don't have as much outside of it? Could be maybe yeah, a bit of frisbee coaching could be very interesting there now, all right, you know. Maybe maybe a trip to Brazil for the the World Frisbee Championship or something like that at least, you know. Well listen, we, we talked all things sports, didn't bring in politics because yeah. we don't really you know, this is just no. a typical conversation with myself and yeah. yourself um with sports. Yeah. Frank, as you said, I'm looking forward to a, a long summer, um as a Granard and Longford woman, I'm hoping for yeah. as well. You know yourself, you know, Mayo and thank you very obviously much, uh, Dublin Camogie. Listen, thank yeah. you so much for You're the, more than uh, welcome to meet and we'll, we'll touch base as the year goes on. Yeah, and I want to say wish you the best of luck um, for Dublin Camogie for the championship. just want to say that we'll be back next week talking all things the ladies' football and a little bit of everything else. So until then, Slonga Fall.